You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, back for another day of Blue Jays talk. And once again, we have happy things to talk about. It's always nice to have happy things to talk about with the Blue Jays. Haven't happened very often, but it's been picking up a little as of late. You know, more youth is being infused into the team, and we have more happy things to talk about looking ahead to the future of the Blue Jays, which, again, that's what we have at this point is the future. So... I think we're going to talk about that. I I did promise we were going to talk about the hitters today. We are going to do that in the second segment, talk about how the younger bats are performing and see where they kind of fit in into the picture next year. Also going to preview tonight's game two of the three-game set against the, I want to call them AAA. I don't even know if they're good enough for AAA, really. But the Baltimore Orioles are hosting the Blue Jays for the final time at Camden Yards this season. So we'll give a little bit of a preview for what's going to come tonight. But obviously the big news from last night was the domination of that already relegated Orioles team. Seriously, is, um, is Durham coming up to replace them? Are we, are we getting North Carolina up there? I, who's winning the International League? I think whoever wins that gets to replace Baltimore, and then the winner of the Pacific Coast League gets to replace Kansas City? I, I think that's how it worked out. I don't know. The MLB needs to in, adopt Premier League relegation already. Memphis would come up for Kansas City, and Durham would come up for Baltimore. That would be an improvement. Get Memphis and and Durham in there get get some more sovereign teams, which may be something we talk about later on this week. But no, we're gonna start with Ryan Barucki and Ryan Barucki's brilliant start against the Orioles. He went eight shutout innings, only gave up three hits and one walk, struck out seven. If if they were if they were interested in going for it, he he did need 105 pitches to get through eight innings, which is still amazing. Don't get that twisted. They could have let him go for the complete game shutout. It would have been the first one the Blue Jays have had in over three years. To, to put that in perspective, last one, last complete game shutout for the Blue Jays, Mark Burley in his final MLB season. Uh, right after Drew Hutchinson actually did it. So, you know, going way back for the Blue Jays. But no, um, even though he didn't get the complete game last night, that was a dominant, a a beautiful performance put on by Ryan Barucki on the mound. If you go by the game score, the Bill James game score, which you know starts at his baseline of 50 and then adds and subtracts points for every out, uh, every hit, every run, and and so on to get a final tally of points Ryan Barucki put up a game score of 82 last night which is really really good really hard to do that like I think there have only been a a, 
a handful of games that get like a hundreds. I know Brandon Morrow's 17 strikeout game got a hundred on that game score ranking, but no, Ryan Barucki was incredibly effective. He was fooling a lot of the Orioles batters, which Ryan Barucki is not a pitcher who you think of as a guy who fools batters. He's he's a guy who, you know, you think, oh, he's going to put the ball into play, let his defense do the work. No, he got 23 strikes, either swinging or looking, on those Orioles batters, which is huge for Barucki. And, and he, you know, was hovering around that 60% strike rate. So he was using his outside pitches to kind of keep them off balance, but he got a lot of ground balls, 14 outs via the ground ball last night. And it's, again, it's imperative he's able to do that and and continue his success that way. And, you know, like like we said, he's he's not a guy with overpowering stuff. He is that Mark Burley type. He has to think things through. He has to trying out smart batters, but the way he's been doing that over the month of September, this is the third straight start. He's been able to put up a quality start for the Blue Jays, fourth in the last five games. Ironically, Baltimore, the team that got to him, but he's looking more and more comfortable on the mound. And like, especially go out, going out there against a team that he knew he would be able to take out. Like, like I said, this Baltimore team is not good. That was loss number 107 for them. They're they're not 2001 Detroit bad, but they're close. And and they're running pitchers out there that have no business starting in Major League Baseball at this time. But Ryan Barucki went out there and just was in complete control. And like I said, he's been doing very well this month, in the month of September. Three starts, he's got a one and one record, but he has a 177 ERA. His whip is 0.689. That's insane for a starter. And he, like you said, he's not doing it via the strikeout, but his control is improved. He, he's only walked five batters in 20 innings. That's huge for this team. That you know, when it when a lot of their pitchers start running pitches outside, they don't get those calls and they start to rack up those walks. Barucki was able to keep the ball in the strike zone. He was able to go outside when he wanted to, but didn't lose control of the at-bat. Barucki was was the one determining where the, the, the at-bat was going. And that that's huge for a young pitcher to be able to have that kind of control, that mentality on the mound and, and being able to dictate what they want to do. It's it's remarkable at such a young age. And again, I I think any thoughts, any doubts that there were that Ryan Barucki was going to be a part of this rotation, not just next year, but for the next couple years, maybe further down the line, is completely erased with a performance like that. One where he was so... In control. I, I keep using that word, but this is what the Blue Jays need from their young pitchers. And they've gotten those. Like Sean Reed Foley, he needs to work on his a bit. That's why I don't like him as much as a rotation fixture immediately next year. But he's showing signs of it. Thomas Pannone going out there and and being able to, to silence the Yankees like that, showing control of the game. That's what you want from these young starters, is, is to be able to go out there and know that they're going to 
not let the situation get the best of them, and assert themselves on the mound. And Ryan Barucki's done a great job asserting himself on the mound recently. And that's going to be huge for him going forward, huge for the Blue Jays going forward, as they work on building that rotation of theirs. And I, I again, I... <laughs> I, I don't think there's any question. He's he's a starter. He's he's not going in relief. Sorry, Ryan Miller. If if you're ready to admit that, come back and we'll we'll talk about that. But again, he's going to be a fixture for a while. And a, and a lot of you agreed with me on Twitter when I when I posted that and just like no, it's not happening. So I'm glad to see that. I'm glad we've come to a consensus and and again can find at least one young starter that boom thumbtack. Don't have to worry about him. Because, again, the the bats are here. The bats are are getting into place. It's a pitching that the Blue Jays need to find. And Ryan Barucki's done a great job of showing that they, they have one less slot to worry about. Speaking of those batters, we're going to talk about them right after this commercial break. So stick around. All right, so I did say yesterday that we were going to talk about the hitters. And we're going to backdate it a little bit to the Yankees series, but I last night was actually a pretty good endorsement of where the Blue Jays are going with their hitting, because when you look at the production that the Blue Jays got, it, it was the bottom of the lineup that was doing a lot for them. It was Danny Jansen hitting that two-run shot off of Evan Phillips. It was uh, Rowdy Telez who hit that single that brought in Kevin Pillar and really gave Ryan Barucki the cushion that he needed, especially after you see um, Grichuk and Solarte go out there and not do anything with their at-bats. It, it would have been very easy to assume, like, okay, here's another start where Ryan Barucki has to keep the Blue Jays in this game. Instead, the bottom part of the order picked it up. And I will give Kevin Pillar credit. He did a good job working off a young pitcher and and again just taking whatever he got 38 doubles now for Kevin Pillar this season which is great that's great number for Kevin Pillar still does not get on base enough for a center fielder that that OPS is still below 700 even after last night's two for four games so still has to bring that up a bit but the doubles are helping and then like I said Rowdy Telez not trying to do too much being able to to pull the ball where he needed to, still batting 400, which is insane. And then, like I said, Danny Jansen. Anytime you can get that kind of production from a catcher, which is so hard to find nowadays, you can you can list the catchers who are offensively minded. Like on one hand, it's JT Real Muto, Wilson Ramos, Sal Perez. Like Gary Sanchez has fallen off a cliff with his batting average, so you can't say he's on that list anymore but to get at reliable production from that slot and if Danny Jansen can continue to to work what what he's been doing he's, he's got a good batting eye at the plate so if he can continue to draw those walks and this is where Russ, having Russell Martin around kind of helps because that's what Russell Martin can do he's able to kind of work walks and, and get on when he needs to but the ability for Danny Jansen to put something in that lineup from that slot. So a place where the Blue Jays have had a lot of problems since Russell's begun his decline as he gets older. And 
Danny Jansen showing that little bit of power. It's only a second home run, but he's got a little bit of power there. But he, mostly he makes contact and, and puts the ball in play. And and being able to see that for the Blue Jays, it'll it'll help offset some of the other because the other younger bats in the lineup, um, Billy McKinney, Lourdes Gurriel, Richard Urania combined to go one for eleven, which McKinney's been pressing a bit lately. I I don't know if he's just kind of kind of overcompensating a little bit or or just trying to get back to what he was doing when he first came up with the Blue Jays, but. He he has tailed off pretty heavy. It it's something that the Blue Jays can take their time with, and hopefully he comes back in spring and is a lot stronger. But it, it's it's more important to see that see that some of the youth is, is stepping up. It still wasn't great for the Blue Jays. Only six hits off of off of the Orioles, who sent Sean Gill Martin out there for over four innings. And again, without that kind of second inning push. There wasn't going to be a lot aside from the solo home runs that Pilar hit and that Led Miss Diaz hit in the ninth because that's what a Led Miss Diaz does is just hit ninth inning home runs. That's that's his mo. But it, it's something that I think is going to be interesting for the Blue Jays, and I, I believe I'm going to be writing about this for Jays from the Couch this week. Just trying to diversify themselves a little bit more so they can rely on innings like the second inning as opposed to the seventh and ninth where they're getting these solo shots and, and expecting that to be enough. Because the pitching this season definitely was not enough to warrant that thought. But when you can have innings like you did in the second where you can hit a double and then bring him around, use Kevin Pillar's speed to, to your advantage and, and score him from second. because no, that that's where the two outs was a blessing. Pilar was going to be going on contact with two outs, and that's what enabled him to score on the Tales single. So being able to use that a little more, and again, this is going to be in the art in the write up that I'm going to do. Being able to use that speed with McKinney, with Guriel, um, even with Danny Jansen, who's got better wheels for a catcher than than he looks. Being able to use a guy like Jonathan Davis. And and even Devin Travis and Kevin Pillar, the older guys who might have a little more free reign to move. That's going to be huge for the Blue Jays moving forward. That's how they're going to find success. And yeah, the, the home runs are great, but it's going to be creating runs like they did with two outs. That's going to be the big determinant on how successful, how quickly this team can be. So we will talk about some keys for success tonight against the Orioles right after our second and final commercial message. Welcome back. All right, so Blue Jays going for their fourth straight win. I know. Uncharted territory. No, they've they've had win streaks this year. Just it's not not been near enough of them. But anyway, um, Blue Jays send Aaron Sanchez out to the mound tonight. Aaron coming off a great start um, the previous time out against Boston. And, you know, reasserting himself as as the guy who can be that ace. That Again, that's what the rest of the season has been for Aaron Sanchez, just reasserting himself. 
kind of kind of getting back into form after a suitcase took out two months of playing time, which, you know, par for the course for the Blue Jays, that luggage is one of the main antagonists of the season. But, but no, again, Sanchez is another guy who's looked better as September's rolled around, had a great start against Tampa Bay, had that great start against Boston to bring his ERA back down below five. And now he gets Baltimore again, a team that he's done very well against this season in two starts. He has a 188 ERA. Uh, The strikeouts haven't been there, which you kind of think they'd be a little higher against Baltimore. He's only got nine strikeouts and 14 in a third innings, but he's been able to keep Orioles from scoring despite a bit of a problem with the walks. He's also got nine walks against nine strikeouts. So that's going to be the big thing for Aaron Sanchez tonight is to follow in the path of the youngsters, follow in Ryan Barucki's path, follow in Thomas Pannone's path and just go out there and, and throw strikes. And if he does similar things to what we saw against Boston, using his fastball early, putting it where he wants to, and then setting up his breaking pitches, setting up his off-speed pitches, using that curveball the way he did against Boston. If he can go out there and do that against an Orioles team, that is incredibly susceptible to that kind of stuff. Chris Davis is continually walking out there of that dugout for Baltimore. You should be able to rack up some strikeouts on this team. On Chris Davis alone, you should be able to add 50% of your total to that but again that's what Aaron Sanchez needs to be doing out there needs to be reigning in the walks needs to be establishing his control again and and going back to the form that he had in 2016 where he was able to blow fastballs by where he was in control of his pitches and and continuously work that and again reestablish himself as that ace because despite Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Roman both being on this team neither of them is like he's he's the ace of the staff he's going to go out there and he's going to pitch at least seven strong innings you, you can't say that regularly for either of them right now so if Aaron Sanchez can go out and throw another seven innings on a Baltimore team that again should be relegated to probably the Eastern League the way they've been playing Call up New Hampshire, move New Hampshire into the International League. <laughs> they're they're going to be doing that essentially when they all move to Buffalo. But yeah, just just go out there and and not think about things and just put the ball in the zone. The offense should be able to do enough to support them against a guy like Dylan Bundy, who's had hot and cold starts all season going to probably see Justin Smoke back in the lineup. He's a 357 career hitter against Dylan Bundy. Um, Alednis Diaz, I'm expecting to get a start at third. And, you know, I'm even despite the 0 for 4 yesterday, I wouldn't be surprised to see Billy McKinney back out there because Teoscar, I'm not sure how he's doing after the incident in Yankee Stadium. And it's probably best to give him a couple days off anyway. So... Again, we're going to continue to see these younger guys come out. And a guy like Dylan Bundy is a good test for some of the younger ones as well. Like, Lourdes will probably get his first look at him. Um, I'm not sure who would be catching tonight. Maley's had some success against Bundy, but uh, given Jansen went, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was Reese McGuire. But I I think Luke Maley's probably going to be in the lineup tonight. He 
he hasn't played since being tossed in Yankee Stadium. So I can see Luke Maley coming out there and delivering a little bit for the Blue Jays, but it's it's going to be fun to watch. That that's the big thing we can take away from from what is left of this 2018 season that is it's actually enjoyable to watch again instead of just slogging through arms and and just going out there and just being like uh just just put an end to this so yeah that's that's a preview for tonight's game and that brings us to the end of this Locked On Blue Jays episode. Thank you all so much for giving me the time of day and sticking around and listening. Uh, follow the podcast at Locked On Jays. Follow Locked On MLB for, for takes across baseball. And, you know, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify, however you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Locked On Jays and get those notifications. We, we got a couple more weeks of regular Blue Jays talk that we're going to deliver to you, guaranteed. And then uh, as we transition into the offseason, probably scale back a little bit, but we'll still have content for you every week. So be sure to be subscribed so you don't miss out. Follow me on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's N-E-O-A-C-1-8. And I'll be on there tonight talking about the game, talking about life, you know, it's it's baseball. One of the fun things is that it can go wherever you want. So be sure to follow me on Twitter and, you know, we'll have some great conversation because that's hopefully what I bring to all of you is like a, a vessel for conversation and a vessel where you can express your opinions on Blue Jays and we can talk about them and discuss them because, you know, it's fun. It's It's why I'm on Twitter. Definitely not for some of the other stuff. But anyway... For everyone here at the Locked On Podcast Network and at Locked On Blue Jays, I'm Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the program, and y'all take care.